We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And furthermore, we thank the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. It was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf, and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous children and victims of Canada's residential school system. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must end the cycle of oppression while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better. We can do better. Welcome to Permastoke. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, environmentalists, filmmakers, musicians, and much more. Join us each week in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts, while also being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoked is presented by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear today. But hey, don't just stand around on the beach looking cool. Check out our Stoke Academy and try surfing or stand up paddleboarding. Get away to Ontario's magnificent Bruce Peninsula, where we offer Paddle Canada certified basic and advanced sub courses private lessons, tours, subsurfing, and even beginner surfing lessons. Visit www.freshwatersurfgoods.com to sign up for your freshwater fantasy. I apologize ahead of time. This next episode was a very fun episode to record with Timothy Driscoll, Cam Hill, and Faith Hoekstra. Uh, however, it was very early on in the season, 
and I had a bucket full of technical difficulties and that's why you're only hearing it now. Um, so please bear with me. Uh, the episode suffers from those technical difficulties, but there's still some good juicy tidbits in there, still some interesting interviews. Uh, I hope you do find value in this recording. Uh, I, I was adamant about playing it regardless out of respect for my guests and the time that they dedicated towards the podcast. So I hope you still enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, so like I said, in this interview, I chat with Timothy Driscoll, Cam Hill, and Faith Hoekstra about surfing the Great Lakes, chill adventures, and the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. This episode was recorded on January 20th, 2021, and may contain coarse language that could be deemed offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Tim Hill, otherwise known as Captain Aloha. We got Tim Driscoll, otherwise known And we got Faith Holstra from the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project. Welcome to Planet guys. How are you doing? Good. Doing well, Derek. Doing well. Nice. Still warming up. That's important. You're talking to me up in the great white while I'm looking at you guys sitting in a barrel. <laughs> so, so what we finally that? got a little bit of snow here. So it's like, it's actually winter here. Um, it's been super warm lately, so I've been enjoying it. But I know like some people around here love the seasons and I, I'm cool with surfing, you know, without snow and without a giant ice beard but if it's what we got to do it's what we got to do so we we knocked that out this afternoon that's for sure okay but cam i saw those facebook pictures and dude you were rocking a sick ice beard my friend you know what i i don't bring much to the table and if i can just bring that like you know what uh, and get a smile out of people like yourself like that's all i'm trying to do well it's working for you awesome <laughs> thank you nice so who made this painting that's behind you? That's my artwork. One of one of my whatever you call it uh, talents is. Wow. Doing art. Um, I've I've done big pieces before. Um, I worked with uh, Todd Zwig from Play School Productions um, in San Diego. We've done like 12 by 15 foot paintings and installations. I painted the inside of the, the tunnel to the Guanas nightclub in Tijuana. A lot of famous bands came through there, Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Ramones, uh, UB40, De La Soul. I can go on and on and on. So that's like, that's, that's like in the eighties. Yeah, that was all, that, that's all like 80s stuff. This is, but this is uh, what I've been working on over the last week. So oh, this, is, this is recent. Wow. Yeah, I just uh, it's it's not quite completed. I've got to finish the the water droplets. You you'll see them as white dots. But each of those will have like a a kind of like a a mini like picture inside each water droplet. So wow. it's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll get to OCD out on that stuff. Nice. So oh, I love it, dude. That is sick. So were, did you look at something to draw that or is that totally out of your head? I've, 
I've been barreled. I'm trying to think I've, if I've been in one quite the, that big. Wait, was it a picture? Or did you? No, I, I've been inside. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah I, I, I imagined it in my head. And then there's uh, uh, going, there's pictures that I have. And then there's pro surfers, you know, their point of view with their GoPros. Just me as a photographer doing water photography, I've been in the barrel with the camera. So I've got pictures that are kind of similar. So, yeah, I mean. It's it's actually like taking um, him away from surfing with me. Like he, sometimes he is only like, you know, maybe waist high and up or then he'll like scoff at me or whatever. But like this thing, and it's worth it. Obviously you can see it, but like, I mean, sometimes he needs to get out in two foot waves and this barrel has been like really, I had to go out by myself and, you know, double over ankle. That's ridiculous. Yeah. If you're looking at that every day, that's my future expectation. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, that is sick, man. So for anybody listening who's not viewing, you might be a little confused right now. We're looking at a giant wave tube that Tim painted in this room, and it is sick. That's it's like sure. yeah three people i'm like I'm, I'm looking at our little picture down in the corner and we are actually all like comfortably kind of yeah we're like <laughs> it's almost like a jamie o'brien like surfing on a big giant unicorn three people deep in an actual barrel like i don't know that's yeah, pretty yeah. legit in it, so where am i water talking, has where am i talking about that would probably be the equivalent of surfing uh 12 foot backdoor pipeline like like the view that they get like like what he was saying what jamie o'brien gets this would be pretty similar you we probably go on to on to his videos and be like uh ah uh, ah okay yeah i we get that so nice. yeah Amazing. i don't know if I might still have the balls to tackle something like this, but I don't know, man. That's it, a serious beating if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool to, like, be able to talk with guys like Tim. Um, I don't, like, know a lot of people personally. Like, I know Tim, but, like, just some of the things that he's, like, like the pointers that he's giving me for bigger waves. And, like, we've been out in stuff that's, above my league for sure on two specific occasions and we were talking about this yesterday like like two specific occasions for somebody who's been surfing for like 16 months um they changed the game like and i took a beating once like a solid one right on the head that like i didn't i had never felt anything like that before and like i mean as a new as a new uh a new person surfing like it's it's really eye-opening and it also it helps you like you know Put you in the right spot or at least keeps you keeps your your head up <laughs> so you know like when something's gonna happen you can brace yourself a little bit but yeah i mean it's it's really cool to like hear about some of the places that he surfed in and some of the waves and then how he compares them to like to what we got to surf out here you know because just like you like chest high for me is probably like where i could sit at for another couple of months like yeah. depending on how clean it gets or whatever like you know, just so I can work on like turning and, and making sure that like when I get in big stuff, like I'm not I'm not bouncing myself off the sandbar or even worse, like getting into somebody's way. You know, because like yeah. I had that happen once. I just paddled out in the lineup and 
Um, luckily the guy was cool about it, but it was completely my fault. And, you know, it's things like that, that, you know, sometimes people don't have a good mentor, a good teacher to like help them with little, the little tiny nuances. But again, like some of the cool stories that I've heard are pretty, pretty awesome. But we know that Tim has been around the, he's been around the waves for quite a while. (laughs) So it's a lot of waves, a lot of knowledge. Tim, did you ever expect at this point in your life, man, on the Great Lakes to be a mentor to somebody like Sam? Uh, not a chance. No? Okay. How does that feel? To be <laughs> I don't know if anybody uh, could ever think like they'd be a mentor to me. Or or even <laughs> just even surfing on, on the Great Lakes. Like, that yeah. was <clears throat> not even a realm. I don't even know. The wind blooming. S- surfing yeah. here on the Great Lakes, the... You don't know until you go here on the Great Lakes. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. I did not know what it was about until I was doing it. Yeah. Um, the On the, the early days of internet, there wasn't a whole lot of content out there that showcased what the Great Lakes had to offer. Um, it, every picture I saw was like knee high and like slop, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I, I thought I was getting condemned to hell. Mm. when i when i when i moved here to michigan because i i got i married a michigan local that's how i ended up out here my ex-wife laura i married her and that's how i that's how i ended up out here uh 2009 and yeah i've been i've been blown away completely grateful because i get to meet people like like these two here and and they're and they're just two of of many of like super stoked, super real, super Midwest, super kind um, people. And the the Great Lakes for some reason I'm served I've surfed on you know both coasts and other places. And there's something special about the Great Lakes. There really is. Um, and I think it has to do with the people. I also think, well, for me, Tim is like one of the friendliest surfers I have encountered in the Great Lakes, which is, he's like, I'm I, pers- turn red. I personally call him friend, the friendliest surfer, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, that's, and I usually don't really want to surf with people. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's rude, but um, I don't, I want it. Sometimes I just have my own thing to work out with the, the water, the waves, and um, I don't want to have to work out with, work yeah, it out hey. with other humans. Um, but like, I do appreciate hanging out with some humans sometime, and having some other surfers to talk to once in a while. You start, I start to get a little bit isolated when I'm like actually spending the time to go surfing, but then not talking to anybody about it. So Tim is persistently friendly, <laughs> and somebody you can hang out talk to there's so many people that um you can learn from with this and again like and i might go back to this like a million times but like being so fresh to this and seeing the different levels of people at where they're at and why they're doing it because like you know a lot of people like to go out when it's in the middle of spring and fairly warm um but like like you saw those pictures and she was right next to us out there. There was only like six of us out there. And like when you're there, I like on these days and the sun was out, but it was blowing. Like 
that's a different level of like commitment, you know? So like, you know, whether you're, you're on the first sandbar or you're way out back, like if you're out there on days like this, like, you know, that's legit for sure. So Sam, you're 16 months in the surfing on the Great Lakes. So tell us a little bit about how that came about for you. Have you, do you have anything to compare to? Have you surfed out on the ocean? Or has your surfing journey, it's all great lakes? The first time I ever touched a surfboard was last August. So there's that. And then, like, basically, like, I had a day off of work. <clears throat> and I've always loved the beach. Like, born in Denver. Um, my family is from Michigan, but my dad's from the Upper Peninsula. So I left Denver in 2005 for Marquette. Lived there for six years. Never saw anybody surfing in Marquette left then 2005 came to holland never saw anybody till last year um and then i was like because i've always wanted to do it and i've like i rode a penny board around like just cruising around and stuff but once i saw people doing it like i bought a bodyboard and that wasn't enough like literally a week later i went to the local surf shop that's closed now <clears throat> and uh the dude his name is what's that dude's name tim Tim Hasma. Yeah, he was just like he was super friendly and like told me about a couple different apps and told me what's up with the surfboards and like, um, like just gave me like a quick rundown, you know, and that was sweet. And then like I was off. So like, I mean, I probably did what a lot of dudes do, like overthinking my skill level at first. So like, I went out and bought a couple six foot boards and like. I was going to Kelly Slater it up on every wave, you know, yeah. like, and I didn't know. And I did, I was doing research, but I was like, forget that. Like, I know what I'm doing. So <clears throat> quickly I got slammed multiple times and then bought a foam board, you know, and worked my way through that. And somewhere between like the foamy and our nine foot board and like really getting into this, like I started meeting some people and Tim was one of the first people that I probably surfed with. Another guy named Mike Jackson. I surfed with him a couple of times. About one. Um, my buddy Lonnie. What's that? I think, I think I've heard of Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I've never <laughs> called it Michael Jackson. And like, I, I'm kind of like, I'm, I don't know. Like he's a cool dude, but like, I could see like, maybe that could be like one of those hot button issues. Like, and like, he's pretty cool. So like, I don't want to touch on that yet, but like, Maybe if we get to be friendly, you know, like a little more friendly, then I'll drop the Michael Jackson or a little oh, hee-hee. Oh, so on. we're not talking about King of Pop, uh, Neverland, Michael I Jackson. wish, okay. I wish I had something. You know what? Think about how many more views my chill adventures would get if I could say I served with Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I You're alone. I knew a guy in BC. His name was Mike Jackson. So his uh, skate shop that he opened up, he called it Thriller. Yeah, my buddy, um, like my buddy Lonnie, he made me a 7.6 and a 6.5. And they're both lake boards, so they got a ton of volume. But, um, yeah, like the nine the, the nine foot board is like key. Um, yeah. If I would have done a little more research into like lake surfing and, you know, just like the core of it. I probably wouldn't have dropped $700 on two six foot boards that are gone now. Um, but like, you know, you live and you learn, you know, I've dumped two GoPros in the lake in that 16 months too. So like, 
there's a lot, there's a learning curve here that I'm hitting multiple times. And it's not just the sandbar or it's not just my body hitting the sandbar, like things like that. But like, um, the, the short, like there's so many guys out here that ride shortboards and they're good too. Like I, I say so many, I mean, I've yeah. seen probably eight to 10 guys that are on something between five and six foot on a regular basis. But those guys that are doing it, like, you know, they're, they're going and, you know, they're, they're surfing the waves, you know, and they're awesome, but I got to go back to him. Like, I don't see anybody riding waves as long as he does. You know, he's got eight football fields, every wave, just like he has to, he pays a toll halfway through because he goes like Indiana and Illinois back. I mean, it's, it's a joke sometimes. Like, I mean, if I wasn't so like, understanding and and stoked i would be kind of mad at him a little bit like yeah a little jealous like like look at my beard i've had to step my beard game up to be in this like this is not just going out and buying a wetsuit and going paddle 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 and then looking cool you know like this is not compare yourself to the stoke machine you're only gonna be disappointed in yourself yeah this is sounding an awful lot like a tribute. Would you rather us turn it into a rope? Uh, I don't know. We're going to get something straight, though, first. The Stoke Machine is the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes are the Stoke Machine. I am just the, whatever you want to call it, humble servant of the Stoke Machine. That's the, that's the whole thing behind the Stoke Machine. The Great Lakes are the, the world's largest uh, wave pool, I guess. All right. You know, and we've got different places. Okay. What's can that? Can you at least be like maybe a piston or something? In the that's what I've been saying. He's oh, got to be, he's got to be like part of the, the engine or like the Stoke that stokes the machine or something. Because yeah. like. What he links it, he's like, yeah, you got to, because on the good days, this is what it feels like. As someone who's never been to the ocean, he's like, you put a coin in, and some days, like, it's just like, dreamer, 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 oh, beautiful, nug, dreamer, dreamer. And then some weird stuff happens because we're surfing on the lake. Like, what are we supposed to expect? But then another dreamer comes through. But, like, even tiny, like, there's a ferry that comes by, I can't say where, but, like, even then, you get dreamers out here. and. I mean, there's got to be maybe the carburetor. Ah, that's not a good nickname. Yeah, I think it's something we can collaborate and figure out something. Yeah. You know. So, so Tim, as somebody coming off the ocean for 12 years, I gotta tell you, there's something you've probably never heard of before. It's called a wave period. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. But the three seconds is the golden one, right? You gotta wait for three seconds and then you gotta run to the beach. Gotta find the rip current, man. You can't get through. I can't get through the shore break. I can't paddle out. I'm not, I don't, these guys can. Like today, they could paddle out like straight through the middle, but I always had to take the the structural current. See, in, in faith, she's directly experienced with the bad effects of such a short period with the drownings that go on here on the Great Lakes. Yeah. So, so let's explore that a little bit. So Faith, um, I want to hear about the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project and what's your involvement in that and what is this organization all about? Well, it's a nonprofit organization and it was started 
2012, 11 or 12-ish, maybe a little bit before, I'm not exactly sure, by Dave Benjamin and Bob Pratt. And the aim was to like lower the amount of drownings in the Great Lakes because, well, first of all, there's like over 100 per year, usually around over 100 per year. And we kind of focus, we do all the Great Lakes, but we kind of focus on Lake Michigan and the lower end of Lake Michigan because those have like the most, their highest concentration of drownings. And we do like um, a lot of talking to the media and clearing up whenever there is a drowning to clear up like how that could have happened to somebody and what could be done and work Mm -hmm. a lot with um, the families of victims who are just like, how could this possibly happen? My kid was a good swimmer. Like what can I do to make this never happen to someone else? So we um, get them together with other families and they, um, and find them a place where they can help. Like, they can, so we do a lot of school presentations where we teach basic water safety for in a lake, actually, mm. which is different than a pool or a backyard or a bathtub, you know, like all those are important parts of water safety, but there's just not a lot of specific education for lakes where there's <coughs> waves and currents. And it's surprisingly like 50% of Americans don't have the basic skills to survive of falling into a water into water they can't turn around in the water and they can't climb out so um and then on the great lakes i mean there's just even more risk because it's so fun to go to the lake and play around and just think of like 50 percent of the people that go don't know how to just survive and so and then we also there's not a lot that's of one, one in two people could be a drowning victim whoa yeah. Okay. These stats are um, real. So yeah, it can be intense. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how many did we have around here last just last summer? Was yeah, like a record I don't number. know. Yeah, last summer. This summer was like a record, a lot of drownings, almost a record amount of drownings in Lake Michigan because a lot more people went to the beach because of coronavirus. Oh, like, to uh, the beaches were still kind of open. You could get outside. Um, my brain thing is like, I used to be an ocean lifeguard for a while. And, um, uh, so I, it was like, I mostly, I started out, I wanted to be a surfer and then I got a job as a lifeguard and they were like the best bosses I ever had. So I was like, well, this is a good job. I'll just keep doing this. (laughs) So I just brought my skills back here and I was like, why don't we have lifeguards here? This is dumb. Wow. So are you a lifeguard on the beaches in Michigan? I was, yeah, I was um, the head lifeguard at New Buffalo. They have a lifeguard program. I was for two years. I didn't do it last year. Um, Super dangerous beach there, too, for rip currents, the way it's set yeah. up. Yeah. What causes these drownings? Is rip curls a big one? Uh is, is alcohol a big thing sometimes? Um, like, what are the factors that play into these hundred or so drownings that are happening every year? Yeah, okay, good question. Yeah, there, well, the, most of the drownings happen not on, not in like red flag, most dangerous conditions, because in those conditions, it's kind of obvious that it's dangerous and people don't go in, but they happen, so a lot of them happen when it's kind of like medium, 
like medium sized two or three foot waves where it's like fun. And then suddenly um, what happens is there's troughs, you know, how like there's a trough and then there's a sandbar and then a trough and a sandbar. So people will not be good at swimming and they'll not realize there's a trough. They step off in the trough and panic. So people panic and then, um, yeah, rip currents, structural currents, um, a higher percentage of drownings are boys rather than girls. Cause I think it's just cause you know, like they're more risky. They take more risks. Why uh, men's car insurance is always higher. Yeah. That's is that true? true? Yeah. Oh, at, least in, at least in Canada. Um, whatever, you did to the, whatever you did to the volume, Something just is completely the volume is like a hundred percent better now. So I had my I had my headphones plugged into the microphone jack. Oh. So my bad. Like I said, big day. My apologies. Let's get back to you guys. So yeah, so boys, so boys. Oh, I think boys that, are risky. the other thing when I was actually life training, the one of the main things we constantly were rescuing people for was offshore winds. They would always be in an inner tube, and then oh, the sun, suddenly the wind would be like thirty miles per hour oh, offshore, oh, oh. and then you have to go paddle like a thousand yards and pull them back. Okay, okay. Your involvement with. Um, uh, with Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project, is this a, a job of yours or is this a nonprofit thing you're doing in your spare time? Yeah. It's a, a nonprofit. I'm on the board, but okay. I used to go help train lifeguards too. But um, yeah, we don't have enough money to pay anyone. So okay. yeah, I would probably be more do more stuff if I could get paid. Yeah. What do you guys call it down in the U.S.? Do you have what's like the red the red uh, the bronze yeah. cross is the bronze cross. Do you have that down there? No, we don't. We oh, don't okay. Have, yeah. Your stuff is similar to the UK stuff. Okay. Um, and also, uh, yeah, I lived in the UK when I started lifeguarding. But, um, okay. So I know what it is, but yeah, we don't have like, we're not nearly as organized. Okay, but you must have some kind of certification process. Yeah, yeah, there's certification for open water and there is lifeguard, there's like five different lifeguard certification schools. Like yeah, you got like the, the pool and the beach and surf, yeah. They're all different companies, five different companies even. There's wow. Red Cross, there's Starguard, there's Ellis, there's YMCA and like some other one. And then for the beaches, there's USLA, but then it's a really weird, complicated <laughs> process. They just certify actual beach organizations. You can't be certified as an individual. Really? So you wow. have to like qualify as a whole in beach. Yeah. That's peculiar. So up here, like I know, I don't know in the US, but up here in Canada, like for my ISA certification as a surf instructor, we have to have that Red Cross certification. Oh, you don't have to have your lifeguard, but you have to have your red or your bronze cross, which is at least uh, you've been trained for lifesaving. So I wonder what the requirement. Oh, so just like CPR? Yeah, it's like, you know, a tamed down what? version of being a lifeguard, basically. 
just if if something were to go down you know how to handle it but it's not our job to like sit up on the big chair and watch people so cam let's go over to you for a sec man so you've been surfing 16 months but dude you're rocking it on the social media channel i mean you're very active on there sharing your adventures i just put it together a few days ago c dot hill is chill so chill adventures tell us all about it man how this uh come to your mind and how are you liking it so far and where do you plan to go with it um well i mean it came i think i just like how i mean it's still like it's awesome this sport and what it is and like driving around looking for waves and like getting shit on and like finding these weird little beaches and when they work and when they don't and who you want to tell. And like that to me is like so sick. Like I've been good at three things my whole life, golf, hockey, and ruining romantic relationships. Once I quit drinking 10 years ago, I stopped ruining romantic relationships. So I was like, I got to find something else. Right. So bring in surfing like this is true about um, surfing i know right so like um um yeah so like just how awesome it is made me want to like like video the or just document everything that has to do with it and like so in that like my first real wave is on camera. My girlfriend's first real wave is on camera. Like my dogs are at all these beaches all up and down the lake. Like her kids waves, they haven't caught like paddled in the waves yet, but like they're surfing and like they've never surfed. And when would they have ever surfed? And like, it just feels so good. And like hockey, I was kind of on the way out of that. It was just so draining. And like, this is like the exact opposite by myself with some good people. Like I can't even describe the feeling of riding a wave, like paddling into it and catching it. And then just like, yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's amazing. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Dude, Uh, I'm from Canada and I don't even play hockey. So I mean, and I'm from Denver and I don't snowboard. So like, like, yeah. um, Or ski for that matter. But yeah. So like, Like that was why we started like documenting everything. And then it just kind of turned into like, well, we got all this cool stuff. And like, I mean, I think it's awesome to be able to look back and like watch your first wave, you know, and we've done it numerous times. And like in my head, our first wave, mine at least like it was a thousand feet. And then I watched the video and it's like, like maybe a little over knee high. (laughs) But like that day I was like, I was like, I didn't even paddle out, bro. Like it's fiery now. And it's like, you know, like I'm pat, like they're breaking on my chest, you know? And it's like, but it was, I, I was, I was scared. And it was like, when I caught it, like I'm on video, like, <laughs> like, and I was, yeah. it was like the best thing I ever did. And every time we have good waves, like that's my best day surfing legitimately. Like just the other day, we haven't had rights in so long. And like, I can't turn right. But I turned backside and just I'm I'm gone and like it's just it's amazing. Um, but like to your other point, like putting that stuff out and editing it good and that's hard, you know, it's hard. And yeah. like my family and like the group of friends, like they're they're a tough crowd. So like 
I mean, they're not gonna give me any love if they don't like it. And Tim yeah. make Tim talk shit all the time about what I put out. And like again, like I'm I'll video myself in quadruple over ankle, just full on shore, no one out or packed beach in the summer, just like poopy little fish farts. And I'm gonna have just as much fun as I did today, freezing my ass off with a couple people. Like, I mean, like this is what people don't tell you. When you have a nice beard and you go to take off your wetsuit, it doesn't work right. And then, God forbid, you get your wetsuit off. You know where all that freezing cold water is dripping? Like, these are things that people don't tell you. But, I mean, that's what I think I was put here to do. Like, give everybody the down, the dirty down low. Sometimes you're out in the lineup and a dirty diaper might float by you. But, like, that's what lake surfing is about, man. That's what surfing is about. You got to learn to dodge the diapers and light. And I, you know what, like I said, like, wow. I feel like surfing was, if I would have been doing this my whole life, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. Like I could be the surf cheech, the surf chong, maybe like, I don't know. This is like a religious experience. The closest thing to anything, like it changed, dude, it changed my life. I hated camping. I will camp in the car, smell like firewood just to be the first one at the beach now. It's changed everything. I was a city boy. I got a hat collection and a shoe collection. I'm not wow. a king, but I, but now I can light a fire. I'm not going to do it with sticks and rocks, but I'll light one. Wow, man. Hey, surfing is a lot of things to a lot of people. And hey, man, if it means, you know, dirty diapers to you, then hell, I support you. Dirty pampers all day, man. I, but, that was what I was going to name the channel, but Chill Adventures rolls off the tongue a little bit better than Dirty Pampers. I mean, I think the big common thread with surfing is everyone I talk to, we've all had that sort of born again experience, if you will, or like when the stoke, like I imagine the stoke, like entering your soul, like it's, it's irreversible. You can't turn it off, you know. You can get amped up about a lot of things, but surfers just, it dominates your life. It's part of every facet. It's in your conversations. I mean, I don't think I was in Ontario for longer than a minute and it's like, oh, he's the surfer dude. Like, look at his van. It's got a bunch of boards in it. Like it just, yeah, it, it takes over, hijacks your life in the best way. Yeah. And like my dad was a professional caddy on the PGA tour. So like golf is like ingrained in me. And like, I've played hockey since I was 10 and I'm 34 now. And like, <clears throat> I can't compare the two to it yeah. like, as far as like a sport goes. And like, like those are the things that I love to do, but like, this is like literally it's something different. And then like, I mean, to go back to what you were talking about, like why I started filming it. Like, I think somebody like that just starts out <clears throat> and like, I mean, I'm out in a lot of different stuff. So I feel like I'm pretty, I'm getting the full experience of this stuff. And like, I mean, people that aren't, that don't do it, they, sh I think they should. And like, you know, definitely do it the right way. But like, it's, it's amazing. Like, do I see everybody picking up trash on the beach? No, but do I see surfers picking up trash on the beach? Yes. Yeah. Do I see like random people pulling people out of the water? No, but do I see surfers doing it? Yes. You know, and then like, even some of like, Kind of the douchey guys around here like they don't really hold a candle to some of the guys that i played hockey with that were a little bit off kilter you know I'm like yeah 
just I again I can't explain it. Like what you just said, the the stove, like whatever it is, like it got me. So, dude, um, you know the double ankle height waves. I'm sure you take a lot of shit for that on the internet. I've even seen certain Facebook groups that say like. If you're posting ankle high waves, like don't post it here. Um, to me, like honestly, a wave's a wave. Like, yeah, that sensation of riding the wave, honestly, is is what it is for me. And can't. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Started surfing. It was in Wales. That's still my favorite beach in the world. But um, I, you know, magic seaweed. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I posted all these pictures of waves to it and like nobody looked at them because I was really excited about the tiny waves in the distance and putting yeah. pictures. It could have been like a whole website called Craft Wave Photography. Yeah. But in our defense, in our defense, and we know this better than anybody, the waves are, are always bigger when you're in them. And Cam, like another thing I've noticed with your videos, dude, is I mean, I've gotten in trouble just for naming like a town that I went surfing in, let alone the break that's there. I mean, you're naming you're naming places like right and left. I'm going to Shoehorn Bay or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> you know, they're all they're all made up. Okay, like <laughs> how how are you? You got the you got the skinny you got the skinny on what this boy's up to. They're all made up. Yeah, and like I mean spoof. Yeah, it's all a joke. Um Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I I there's some people that are around like they just take this to a different level of like not funness and I don't no, understand it. Funny. Like that's you know um, I stopped putting those videos out in the surf pages for like one group of people like that shouldn't see me like tell some random idiot that I'm going to, you know, punch him in the face. Like there's a group of people that are never going to watch my stuff, but then they also like, they want to be a part of the group and they they're there for the right reasons and they shouldn't have to see that. So at some point I will again, but I think I'm going to wait because I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I'm trying to be politically correct right now, but like, I'll go out and see some of these certain people, like after they want to say things on the social media and they can't paddle into a wave. So like when I see stuff like that, it just, it makes me feel okay with people saying whatever they want. Cause it's going to happen no matter what, like, yeah. and like, like I, this for me has like changed so much. And like, I mean, it's like that everyone can hate everything that I do. And I would still like do it just because of like how I can like just the feeling that I get when I'm out there today, freezing cold. Like, and I, right now I, I'm just like, cause tomorrow there's going to be more. And like, we've been out free. I drugged him out two days ago for like full on shore poo poo. And we had fun. Like, like everybody wants to surf those nice, clean little knee high, whatever's. But like when me and Tim are getting 150 yards out of garbage, like that's, that's what I put my stock into. When, when we're out with, you know, people like, like Faith and like, she's got all her little straps on her wetsuit are like caked in ice. Like that's legit. Like you can't, you can't forget that. And like, we don't see all these people out there. Cam, so, sounds like you found your niche, man. Shitty ankle high waves are your niche. 
I mean, and like no one's gonna, no one will be out there. <laughs> exactly. That will be empty. It's great. Yeah. And going back to the hate comment, like there is enough hate in the world, especially right now, like everything's at the surface. I mean, we don't need that. And honestly, I've been very caught off guard and disappointed by some of that jargon on the Facebook groups. And in fact, it sparked my own. I've been working with an artist and he's created some pretty awesome branding. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this yet, but I'll just mention it. We're working on something called the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. I know you guys are American. You're welcome to join. You don't have to be Canadian. It just means that you want to surf some Canadian waves. But if you've ever heard of our very famous band, The Tragically Hip, they had a song called the All Canadian Surf Club. So I wanted to start this thing called the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. And, and I'm working with an artist. He is making some really awesome, like sort of little characters and, and we're making this really cool thing out of it. But it's gonna be a community page cam where you're gonna get in shit if you give other people shit. It is not a place for that. Ankle high waves, <laughs> whatever you want. People are giving me, like with this podcast, if I put a picture of you guys up on Monday, by Thursday, people are scrolling past that picture. So I like to refresh it, you know, every day is a little too much, but at least let me post about the same episode twice on your page. No, like there are some people, they get really bent about that. And it's like, what's the big deal? I'm providing content for you. Like, don't you like to just scroll down? I mean, I don't see the big deal. People get all worked up about it. It's really, uh, yeah, I don't it's, know. I mean, what do you guys think about it? Oh, I mean, I, I reached out to you and I was like, yo, like, like, um, you, you put your video up. Cause like, cause like we would, we were oh, yeah. at the same time. And like, that I mean, it was it was ruining both of our thing, and like we aren't competing, but at the same time, like we want people to watch our shit at the same time. So why do that? And I reached out to you. You were like, "Cool, thanks." And then that was that, right? Like, I guess my thing is like, I don't care if you can't surf. I don't care if you just started. I mean, like, I reached out to Tim on Stoke Machine just because he tells everybody where the fuck to go, and I was like, "What's up, dude?" Like, <laughs> you know, he it was like a little bit a little bit intimidating, but then like when he called me and like I heard his voice and like got to talk to him like oh like all right so like this is how it goes like am I like Tim absolutely not like Tim is the kind of guy to start a Facebook page like you're talking about I'm the kind of guy to feed into all the bullshit and and get into it and like I'm trying to change believe me but it's hard man it's it's deep inside me and it's tough to do but um but yeah like I don't care what if you're if you're a dick like that's where I have no patience. Like I said, I quit drinking 10 years ago. So like all that, like negative bullshit, it's like no thing, you know? I'm with you. So, yeah. Hey, so, you know, and Tim, if I believe, if I understand correctly, you're, are you, you're sober too, aren't you? 37 years without a drink. Holy smokes. And I'm coming up on uh, 10 years in July. Look at this. Three, three times. Three sober male Great Lakes surfers. So, Faith, going out to the bars after this or what? <laughs> no, but I, I'm like very familiar with the that stuff, though. 
But I went to used to go to the, like Al-Anon meetings. Mm -hmm. you know, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for family. Are you serious? Oh, it's for the friends and family. Yeah. yeah. Family of alcoholics, and uh, so yeah, I read all. I like, read all the books hard. Like honestly, like my it's it's so deep in my family, like both sides, and but not everybody. You know, so like we have a lot of like, you know, now that I'm on the other side and I can see like my aunts and uncles and some of my cousins because I don't have any brothers or sisters and my mom and dad are both like deep into it better now. <clears throat> but it's like it can be worse on on them than because like because like people like us, we're in we're in it, you know, like, yeah, or, or, you know, just so ignorantly blasted that you can't figure it out. But like, you know, you guys have to deal with the emotions and the anger and everything like right there. So. So Faith, I want to say that was just a joke. No shame. No shame in the fact that you drink. In fact, I'm jealous because it just means that you can, you can handle it. So it's yeah. just a, uh, it's kind of unusual that I'm talking to two other sober guys. So I had to yeah. kind of. No, uh, but I took it to a serious. Took it back yeah. to the serious. Well, no, hey, hey, getting serious. I mean, I can get as serious as it gets. When I recognized my own drinking, I was seeing the drinking in my stepfather was starting to grow too. And so that reflection of him was coming out on me and I'm like, I don't want to be like that. And, and I love this guy so much. And he was my hero growing up. He was so good to me. And to see someone who was stable your entire life suddenly fall into that disease. And I mean, what does it take for someone to go there? You know, and I don't want to get into that. He had some stuff that, that happened, but, I, but as real as it gets, he passed away in March, February, just before COVID. He got as hammered as you can get one night and didn't wake up the next day. So that's mm. as real as it gets. And I uh, haven't really shared that on the show, but hey, I'm getting raw today myself. It actually feels kind of good. Um, but I work in this stuff, so it's actually very healing for me to be working with other people who are struggling and but man is it ever vicious like for anybody who thinks it's just a leisure activity it can ruin your life and ruin families for the power of the scary power of alcohol yeah. just like with respect and the fear for the ocean and the waves but like a healthy fear yeah way to bring it back faith way to bring it back good segue Except you keep surfing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now, hey, maybe you guys want to speak to this. And Tim, maybe pipe in. Especially when I'm watching Great Lakes surfing videos from Michigan in particular, it's a very common thread to, oh, we're going to have a beer with the boys after. Like, it's sort of part of the culture. So how does that, how does that work for you guys? Are you totally cool with all that or you know, some, some caution there, or what's your take on that? I've been to some real wild bonfires. Yeah. Yep. So I've had to put a few people to bed. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you've done some babysitting then. Oh yeah. But you know, um, I, I think eventually most people I've seen, they, they kind of, they, they figure it out. Yeah. Most, most are lucky to figure it out because 
their support group around them gently uh, lets them know how they're blowing it. Mm. And uh, it, it's, it's hard though, because maybe that somebody who's not, not going to say spiritually advanced, but maybe they haven't done any shadow work or they haven't gone within or they don't know themselves very well. The, the idea of, of, of not being drunk and facing life on its own terms and facing your own stuff, you know, because you're, you're not numb to it anymore. It's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. And, um, I think people here in the Midwest, it's drinking's kind of embedded in the culture, almost like it's a sport. Mm. You know? uh, and I'm not saying that, that the coasts don't have it because I, I can go, yeah, I can tell plenty of stories about the coast, but, but I think here that the things don't move as fast as they move out on the West coast and maybe Florida and some places on the East coast. And so, like I said, their, their support groups are there for them to help them through what they need help through. They've, there's a support group for them. They don't have to go it alone. Mm. And um, uh, uh, that's the thing I've seen out on, on the coast that if, if, you're, if you're not drinking and you're not going to the bars, then you're going to be missing out on a lot of opportunity in, yeah. in, in life. You know, the, the networking that goes on, you know, at the, at the bar, at happy hour, at lunchtime. And um, there's probably some of that that goes on here in the Midwest, but, but I think here in the Midwest, it's uh, there's, there's generally a, a, a support group that will help walk people through like you want to quit, we'll help you quit, sort of thing. Not like, yeah. hey, what are you, what are you quitting for? You, you know, you, I, I can't, I can't say the words. I'm not gonna because we're yeah, trying to yeah. kid friendly. The hazing that goes on, like out on the West Coast, you tell people you're not gonna party, and your friends are, they're giving you a real hard time for not going out and getting wasted with. Them. Mm. So, yeah. um. I haven't seen that here and, okay. and, and within our, and within our surf culture, I think it's on a pretty low, it's on a, it's on, it's on a super like low, like key sort of thing. Okay. We, we don't see people wasted in front of the camera and, and saying we're going for a surf or, you know, or we got done surfing and they're freaking, you know, three sheets to the wind. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're growing out of that as a as a as a as a culture as a uh, humanity. Because um, I've heard stories though of the grapevine. You know, there's been some pretty wild times here around the Great Lakes within the surf community. Um, but I personally have not witnessed any of that. Um, participated. Yeah. <laughs> I have not participated in those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So far. I mean, I've I've only been to a, oh, f a, a few shindigs oh, where 
where where people had to intervene with what was going on you know like like had to remove somebody from the 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 party you know because they were they were being um they had become a liability you know and um I hope those people that are in our scene, our Great Lakes surf scene, that they're getting better. Yeah, sort of thing. I'm I'm here for them. You know, I'm any. Pretty much, it's it's around. People know if they need somebody to talk to, they can always message me on Facebook, or they can call me. I will wow. I I I will be there. You know, for them. You know, for that, and uh, in sort of a big brother. You know, sort of way wow this podcast took a turn (laughs) so so, uh hey if you're listening to this and you're struggling with alcohol it sounds like you can talk to tim you can talk to me talk to cam whoever you're comfortable with reach out to uh whatever scale of beard you're into you can take your choice and we'll uh coach you through it yeah you might want to take faith before me but okay Whatever. Well, well, if faith can rescue you while you're drowning and you're drunk, so she's <laughs> a good resource too. So, well, hey, one well, of the sorry, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My first time ever getting run over by somebody surfing. Okay. Was at um, Trestles in uh, you know northern San Diego, southern Orange County. I've heard so, of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people have. We went up on like a, like on a Saturday, uh, early Saturday morning. We paddled out even before the the, the sun came up. We we got up there early to uh, catch a south swell that was coming in, and we were out at the break called churches because you've got San Onofre, you got churches, you got lowers, uppers, cottons. And I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that name, but. Anyways, the first time that I got ran over was by someone on a longboard, and they were drunk, wasted. Wow. And that was many years ago. That was, I mean, I've probably been surfing two or three years. I'd never been ran over. I learned how to surf in San Diego, so I, I, I knew how to deal with crowds, you know, dealt with crowds. And that was a whole, like, another experience was, like, like somebody – running me over and not caring and they were wasted. The guy didn't even say he was sorry. So I never equated surfing and drinking as being like correlated. Yeah. Even though I know there's a whole lot of people that it goes hand in hand, like surfing and drinking. That's yeah. I don't know. Um, In the, on the, on on the pro surfing tour, um, we started seeing, uh, sponsors, you know, alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. companies sponsoring, you know, big surf contests and whatnot. And I don't consider that necessarily healthy for the Groms to like, yeah. to, 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 to see that, that like, that's our culture. Like, that's what our culture is about. Like there's enough stoke. You don't have to get wasted to, 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 to have more stoke. I, I, I think it takes away from it. But I don't judge people who drink. But if you're drinking, you run me over, you're going to hear something. Yeah, for sure. You know, 
And Tim, when you were talking earlier about the alcohol being sort of ingrained in the Midwest culture, it doesn't matter who you talk to. I'm Canadian. I'm Australian. I'm Irish. I'm from Michigan. Everyone makes that claim that like drinking is a part of what we do, right? Like you don't hear people using that same amount of pride over like, I don't know, feeding starving children or something productive, you know? That's a good point. So, hey, maybe a little lighter topic, guys. Where'd the name Captain Aloha come from? So I I was asking Tim, like, it was the whole Stoke Machine, not, he's not Stoke Machine thing, right? And then uh, did I ask for a nickname or did, did you just... I can't remember. I don't think I asked for one because I have so many for myself. But maybe, oh, you know what? He said he wanted me to be Captain Stoke. And I was like, no, you're the Stoke machine. So, like, like what are we can't? It's not like we're going to be the, like a, the same thing. Correction, carburetor. But yeah. anyway, go on. Yeah, you got to be the carburetor. Well, I mean, what I, I gave him Mr. Kuchenheimer, I've called him that a couple times, but um, he was like, Yeah, you could be Captain Stoke, and I was like, No, you're the Stoke machine. He goes, I'm not the Stoke machine, but you can be Captain Aloha, and I was like, Captain Aloha, I've never said Aloha in my life. <laughs> that <laughs> makes it even better. <laughs> like, he was like, No, you can be Captain Stoke, and I was like, No, I'll be Captain Aloha. So, and it stuck. Like I, I've really embraced it. Like my other really good nickname is Cam Hill Toe, and that was coined back. In oh, the- okay. I just put that together. Got it. I mean, Cam Hill Towing. Yeah, we'll no stuff. <laughs> we'll we'll take your car right out of the ditch, no problem. But anyway, so that came from a hockey. Actually, it was one of my really good hockey friends thought of that one. And then it was even funnier because I was driving to Zamboni at the time and my buddy and all my guys I played beer league with, they would be like, you know, they call me Cam Hilltoe. It was funny. So then the, the kids, like the squirts and the peewees, they had no clue what it meant. They thought I might've been a tow truck driver. So then they would like, when those kids started calling me Cam Hilltoe, even their parents couldn't deny that it was like, it was kind of funny. And like when these kids are all in high school now, and I know that some of them think back on that and go, oh. yeah, they go, that, that Cam Hill toe was a funny guy. Like, wow. Looked like he was homeless and he might have smelled like ramen from time to time, but that was funny. Like, that was classic, you know? So, Cam, I mean, you got a cool look, dude. You got the beard, you got the hair. Like, I'm pretty envious of the hair. Like, I started balding at 19. But, the coolest thing you got going for you, man, are those onesie bathing suits. Keep it up. Though I only have the one. Oh, well, it is awesome. I know. And you know what? Um, I need, you know, if Catch Surf watches this, you know, there, there's my in right there. Like, what, what does one person just like it or does everybody like it? And this is the only one that will say it. I think it's the latter, but I appreciate it, you know. And, like, pink is my color along with neon green. Um, fuchsia, magenta, mango, tangelo. We can go on, but pink is my color for sure. Absolutely love it. You know, so I thought you were going to say my dogs because everybody says my dogs are the coolest part about me. So I'm glad it was something that's like not an actual living thing. That no, man, I, I like that bathing suit. So here's the thing about nicknames. So 
I played uh, I played football in grade 13 or grade 12 and um, but I was a big wrestling fan so I only played football because I got recruited by the coach I mean I really wasn't a team player but but it was good for me I kind of came out of my shell that year playing football and I was good at it and I was never good at sports so football was a healthy thing for me but anyway I was a big wrestling fan and at the time in the late 90s there was a guy named Hardcore Holly so I did a backyard wrestling movie for our communications technology class and I coined my wrestler name. I was Hardcore Hyatt and <laughs> I freaking loved that name. And so I go to the football game and there's my mom on the sidelines going number 58 Hardcore Hyatt. That's my son. Woo! And <laughs> so I was really embarrassed. But hey, man, the team heard that name and it stuck. Yeah. I've been I've been hardcore ever since. And then you know, a year or two later, or no, later the season, that's when I got into partying, and then I became really hardcore. And yeah. and then the name kind of took on a new meaning. But then later on, when people started calling me softcore because <laughs> I sobered up and started to chill out. Um, but now that I've returned to Ontario, my good friends, they all call me hardcore and it has more meaning to me these days because it actually, to me, it's more about overcoming and being hardcore in your beliefs and what you stand for. But here's the thing. You can't, or, or maybe you can, but what's your take on this? I come back into town. It's like, I'm Derek Hyatt. It, like I can't go around saying, Hey, everybody. I'm hardcore. Like it just seems a little weird. Like no. nicknames are given to you by somebody and they start calling you that. So you are now the struggle is real. We'll help you out with that. That's not bag. <laughs> you yeah. are hardcore Hyatt now. Okay. Right on. I need something else to post at 4 a.m. So thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Okay. You're very welcome. Well, you ha hashtag hardcore Hyatt. Yeah. So, okay, I'll look for it. I hope to be trending on Twitter by the morning. <laughs> well, not sure who really uses Twitter, but uh, maybe that's where I'll be trending then as the first time. I've never Twittered, but now that Trump's not going to be Twittering, you got a better chance than you did three hardcore days ago. Monster. So girls can't be hardcore? Or can they be hardcore? I don't know. Well, in the 90s, the word hardcore had a real connection to pornography, but I don't yeah. think that's, I don't oh, think that's cool. really, uh, no, I didn't connect that either. No. Huh. Yeah, I don't think today that like when people were calling me back then, yeah, some people thought it was raunchy, but now I think hardcore is synonymous with like, you just give it your all. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean super kinky sex, but it can mean that. I mean... Yeah, the internet ruined that for you, for sure. Yeah, don't go Google searching that, yeah. I thought of it more as, like, people, my friends call me hardcore because I did so much exercise, or, like, <laughs> lifted so much weights and stuff like that. Although yeah, exactly. Even, exactly. like, smash people on the soccer field <laughs> and stuff. But like, I don't... Hardcore, yeah, like hardcore yeah. Holly actually was. Yeah, <laughs> but I like Captain Aloha, man. I think that's a, a good name for you. How about you, Faith? Any nicknames we don't know about? No, not really. <laughs> I think my last nickname was Faithy Baby. 
And <laughs> that, that was uh, like when I was eight. Faithy, faithy baby. Yeah, yeah my, my best friend. Faithy we had a little, baby. We had a baby. Faithy <laughs> baby. Okay. So that was great. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that'll be trending by morning, too. This was fun to say, I think. <laughs> right on, right on. So, Tim, like, I'm I'm watching you here, man, with these guys. And, you know, I know you're a humble dude and stuff. But, man, it's pretty powerful to me to see you guys sitting there. And it's like you got these uh, kind of like two students almost in a way. Like, it's a pretty... Uh, it seems like you guys got a pretty cool little crew going there. And there's more, there's more like, yeah, there, yeah. That she's got friends. He's got friends. I got, I got friends. Okay. You could probably spend the next five years interviewing so many characters here on the, on the great lakes that are, that have their own stories, you know, that are fully worthy of like, um, sharing, you know, what they've been through, uh, how they got where they, where they are, you know, what their outlook is on life, you know, what they're stoked about. Um, yeah. Um, these guys are just two good people and they charge when people are at home knitting. Nice. So, you know, the, the, the today in the water, what six people, water maybe well it was just us for like two and a half, an hour and a half at least yeah three of, just the three of us for like an hour and a half and then like five other people showed up all of a sudden yeah there's 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 not a lot of people that like surfing when it's this cold it's just it was us and some ducks there were some really interesting ducks yeah out there. And like yeah, I've noticed the crowds really thin out. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much all alone most of the time or a handful of other people. Yeah. So, hey, I should have asked you this at the very beginning of the show, but so I'm the Canadian here. You guys are stationed in Holland, Michigan, you said? I'm Holland. Okay, so where is Holland in, in relation to Grand Haven? Okay, so I'm sure in Canada you've got the town – the towns are mostly that are on the lakes have a, a port or an inlet. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. the ships have come in and out. And so they've all set up business around there. So this coast, the, the West coast of Michigan is same way. Every outlet has got a city or town on it. Um, Grand Haven is North of us. Um, the next town below us is Saugatuck. Um, South Haven's below that. St. Joe's below that. Uh, Muskegon is north of Grand Haven. And then you don't really have a major city or town on the water until you get up to Pentwater. And then it's Ludington. So it's all a series of outlets that, okay. that what these towns are where, where you'll find surfers, too. So how you know. far of a drive is it from Holland to Grand Haven? Like 20 miles, maybe, about, Where? from Holland to Grand Haven. Um, Holland to Grand Haven is, yeah, about 20 miles. So yeah, you guys are still speaking American to me. Can you translate that into uh, kilometers? <laughs> like like 75 <laughs> sticks. 
<laughs> okay, I know. 20 miles. All right. So that's not that's not too bad. So like a half an hour drive? Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, half hour drive. You can only go 40 50 miles per hour too. Wait, that's sorry, that's yeah. also American talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have to I'm kind of I don't just I kind of a, have a larger range where I serve. Oh, okay. Let's hear about settled, that. I'm not sure if I've settled on a home port yet. Oh. <laughs> like, going to make South Haven maybe my home spot, but... You're a drifter. Uh, well, I'm drifting a little bit. I'm <laughs> drifting. Nice. Um, I go yeah. all over because there's not always ankle-high waves at my local spot, so I can't just... I can't surf the best waves always like anybody could do that, you know, so I have to go, I have to like, I like as a, as an entrepreneur, as a flourishing surf business owner and chill adventures, I'm forced to spend $20 a day driving, looking for ankle high waves. And like, we're lucky because they're like, there could be just beautiful full on shore, complete wind chop, ankle high, just poop. Anywhere within north 30 minutes, south 30 minutes. I could drive like that's how lucky we are. Like in all honesty, like there's so many cool spots to surf. Um, so have you guys ever come up and surfed any uh double double ankle high waves in Canada? No, I've never been out of the country. Really? Like, yeah, I've gone in like Huron, but not in Canada. So we're kind of like you could almost reach it out and touch, look, see it across the water. Okay, so two nose and uh... <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, I've surfed Port Renfrew, and I've oh. surfed Som- and Sombrio. Okay, so out in BC on the ocean, yeah, yeah. but yeah. not in the not in the Great Lakes. You haven't been o- okay. Not so, in the Great. Uh, there are there are some spots that are on the that are on the bucket list. It's just a matter of getting up there to 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 to, to get to them. Can't talk about it. I'd have to kill you afterwards. Absolutely. But they are actually some of the best waves on the Great Lakes, according to your friend, my friend, Paul Kevlin. So, nice. Yeah. Who is probably one of the most well-traveled surfers here on the Great Lakes. Yeah. Now. He, he may not travel like he used to because he's got wife wife and kids and he's very active, you know, family dad, you know, sort of thing. But before he got married to Rucci, that man, well, you know, he was all over the place. Yeah. That's how you met him. He was up yeah. in Canada surf, surfing where you guys were. And Paul has actually turned me on. He's been kind of uh, 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 an uncle, you know, to me or brother. And he's turned me on to a lot of uh, what possibilities existed here on the Great Lakes as far as quality waves. And yeah. I'm super grateful to Paul for that. Super, yeah. yeah. Um, you're going to have to interview him at some point. Well, here's the thing. Like, first of all, next time you're talking to Paul, Ask him if I can ever get my surfboard back. It's only been about 20 years. <laughs> he took a board of mine to repair, and that was like, yeah, 2004 probably. And so I was contact. 
I was connected with them on Facebook for a while. And now I've ever since I got the podcast going, yeah, I've wanted Paul and Dean on my show. And we're friends on Facebook, but I can't get answers out of those guys. So I don't know if they're just avoiding me or what. So if you're telling them, if you see them, tell them I'd love to have them on the podcast. And I'd love to get my board back if he has it, even if it's still broken, only because it's my first surfboard. And it's an up north longboard that was shaped by Dean. Um, Paul and Dean are integral to my surfing journey. Them and one other gentleman named Mark Collins, who was the guy who I saw surfing for the first time on the lake. And, and he's the guy who said to me, take that sail off your surfboard. And so, or sorry, take that sail off your windsurfing board and just try prone surfing. And I did practically ripped my nipples off from that hard grit. But man, when I got up, I was stoked. And so Paul and Dean, I got my first board. Um, yeah, it was, a, was one of Dean's up north longboards. And those guys would come over here. Um, do you know another guy, uh, Emilio Marino? Yes. Yeah. So, good guy, super good guy. I want to yep. get him on the podcast too. So he was a buddy of mine and he came up to my hometown quite a bit too. Emilio actually makes it out here to this side of the state to go surfing. Yeah. Um, I've surfed with him this summer. But he's one of those people he likes. He likes good waves. So he, he'll show up like the waves are really good. Emilio mysteriously shows up. So mm -hmm. Emilio's in the water. And that's actually kind of kind of the way kind of the way it goes. Like I've seen her like up in the upper peninsula and down in Indiana. Like when the surf's good, faith is usually somewhere around. He since since Captain Aloha's new to this whole thing, he's I'm I'm trying to broaden his horizons on like what's like possible out there. I've still got I've still yet to like drag him up to the UP surfing, which is kind of a shame because he lived in Marquette for years nice. and did not surf, did not take advantage not surf. of what goes on up there. Didn't know, didn't know surfer Dan. No, my family does, but again, like that was in the middle of my drinking days. Oh, okay. I it was good that I didn't. And even if I did see these people, in that would have never made the connection in my head. But I mean it is a shame. Nonetheless, it's a shame it's you guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. Booze and hockey is my thing. But yeah, I mean and bikinis. Yeah. Yeah, man. So in the words, in the words of your new president, here's the deal. <laughs> I have been on a four-year travel ban to the U.S. ever since Trump uh, banned the Muslims. <laughs> I, I banned myself, so I have not been to the states in four years as a sort of a, you're not missing anything. A, prote a, pr a protest and my own values. So now, as of today, Inauguration Day, the ban is lifted. I may once again travel to the U.S. of A. However, now we have COVID. So if it's not one thing, it's another. So I promise you, when COVID is through and we're allowed, or, or whatever it is that we're allowed to travel again and things are safer, I want to come down there and surf with you guys with the idea that I hope to see you guys up here in Canada someday. 
Mikasa Sukasa, man. Okay. Yeah. You got a crash pad, so no yeah, worries there's there. Always, there's depend, you know, because Lake, it's not just a straight uh, line of beach, you know, for a hundred miles. The lake curves, you know, just like you, your shoreline where you're at is super. Our shoreline's not as varied as yours, but we're usually able to find like the the clean corner where the wind is side like side shore, you know, and there's and there's good swell. So all of our all of our outlets have pier heads on them, and depending on the lake levels and whatever the currents have been. There's generally good waves, you know, depending on whatever the swell direction. Over here, though, what we don't do well with is west. If the wind's mm. like straight out of the west here, the only one of the only people that you'll find in the water is Captain Aloha. They'll be in the water on 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 the west swells. Now, if it's huge in west, there there's a couple places to surf, but it's we're we're talking like when the buoys are like 12, 14, 16 feet. There's there's a couple spots that 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 are we'll call them novelty waves, um, but for the most part, usually if there's a, a a west contingent in the in the winds here, it makes our surf super junky. So I need to go around to the bottom or the top of the lake. Yeah. Or maybe the other side. Yeah. If you have a time to go to Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> So yeah, I've never, I've never been, I've been to Michigan and uh, in terms of the Midwest, I've been to Michigan and Illinois, but never up, uh, yeah, Wisconsin and Minnesota. That'd be great. Go up to the elbow and some of those other spots. Chevegas. Yeah, Sheboygan. Yeah. Yep. The Malibu so, of the Midwest, as Larry Williams calls it. Yeah, he, 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 he likes to claim that, but. Our one of our breaks south of here. I don't know. So. Which one? Uh oh. Yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 rivals their wave. So, but we'll let them have Malibu of the Midwest. We 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 have ours. So. Okay. What do you have? Like Michigan Pipeline or something? Holland Pipeline. <laughs> but is that a pipeline, as in a wave, or like an actual real pipeline that could leak oil into the water? No, we're talking about the wave that, that, that breaks out at the end of our pier when the conditions are right. Okay. It is top to bottom. It is top to bottom. It's a pretty serious wave, but that was when the when the lake levels were lower. So um, just a screaming barreling left, and sometimes Holland Holland's known as Ubalam. So Malibu backwards because the laps you can get 300 yard long laps here, but on any of the outlets on any of the given days with the right swell and wind combination, you can get that same thing. And it's pretty much dependent on the wave period. So okay. we uh, here on this side of the lake, I me personally, I always look for six seconds or greater on the period before I start getting excited and posting up a surf forecast on on stoke machine if the if the period is like six seconds or less i usually won't put up a, a a surf forecast because you could get to the beach you could drive from the other side of the state and get to the beach and be completely skunked and you spend all that money and that time driving i don't want to do that for people so just the wave mechanics over here you know there's the people on our side of the state we know when the wind has a west component on it, 
And if the period's not, you know, above six seconds, well, you know, go cut firewood or go knit or, you know, go paint your wall or for sure. Go bake, make caramel corn. So nice. I never thought of doing that, but okay. Now I do. Hey Tim. So what is the mission statement of Stoke machine? mission statements yeah what are you all about on that platform what are you trying to get through the great lakes are the great lakes are our stoke machine i mean that's that's yeah the great lakes are a stoke machine that's the that's the mission statement on on stoke machine i mean i think cam said it before we call it it's like it's when it turns on it's like somebody took a roll of quarters and fed the wave machine and you come out of the water completely spent because you've had you've had your fill, you know. Where I mean, I've surfed on the on on the on the coast before, and you can get good days, and still you've got a really big itch because you didn't catch enough waves because there were too many people in the water and waiting for sets and the tide to do its thing. But here, you know, when the wind blows right and it blows at the top of the lake and you're at the bottom of the lake you got surf all day you'll come you can have three sessions you'll you'll spend eight to ten hours in the water and when you're done that itch is you're satisfied yeah you're 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 satiated um so i get what you're saying but something drives that i get the vibe from you though that you're all about sharing that stoke you're not protectionist, like hiding the fact that we can surf the Great Lakes. It seems like you want to share that and get others stoked. Is that, am I correct to think that way? Yeah, I am, but I'm not okay with naming spots on social media, like putting the surf spots on blast. Okay. I figure if you've got that burning desire in you to be a surfer, to learn how to surf, that you will find your way to the beach. And we leave enough crumbs, like everybody leaves enough crumbs and we leave a pretty good trail that they'll be able to find, find me or him or whoever, a group of us somewhere hungered down next to one of the pier heads and that's cool you know uh uh and we all talk about spots around the bonfires in the parking lots information is freely shared we just don't share it on social media because there's been people that have come in and befriended people and they've they've made a they've made their buck off of it and there's people saying that it'll never be like the coasts. We're starting to see some pretty heavy like crowds during the summertime now. Okay. Um, uh, just a couple weeks ago, because somebody paddled out that is new to new to surfing. They're super aggressive. They're super stoked on it, but they got in the way and they were run over and three of their vertebrae were crushed. So there's accidents happening, happening. It's a safety factor. There's not 
the proper etiquettes not being shared from the surf shops. I know Third Coast used to give a pamphlet, like if you bought a board in a wetsuit, like right by the register, there's a, that they made a pamphlet with like surf etiquette, you know, mm. basically like yep. guy put this back on the peak, don't drop in this and that. But also around the Great Lakes, part of that etiquette was you just don't name spots out on social media. Um, because there's companies like Magic Seaweed has already come along and there's spots that they have listed on there that you, you used to have to have an invite to, to, to be able to get there or be very, um, I'm not going to say brave, but step out of your element, pack your vehicle for us, eight hour drive to UP, drive up there on a wing and a prayer and hopefully you're not going to get skunked, but yeah. there's um, seaweed. They've, they've somehow gotten a couple spots that they put on there that were sacred. And now you have people coming up there who have didn't have a clue. And the first thing they do, is like, they are taking a video and making a video and they're like, look at me at this limestone point break, this blah, 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 blah. And there's people like Paul Kevlin and others around the Great Lakes. They had to work for the waves that they got. You know, all that money put in the gas tank. We're talking thousands of dollars in the in the gas tank. We're talking hundreds or thousands of man hours driving. You know, white knuckle. You know, through 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 blizzards to like figure out a surf spot to just go and share it out and openly with with everybody who who wants to exploit it for their own whatever their their ego or their their business or they want to make a chunk of change because they want to write a book about all the different surf spots and everything you know they're 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 capitalist part of them comes out and and all it does is going to make it so that the, the, the people that are willing to go up to those spots um, that have been willing to go up to those spots aren't going to want to go to those spots anymore because you show up and there's 30 vehicles there and 50 people in the water and people are running each other over. Your boards are getting ding. People are getting hurt. It's causes bad it causes bad vibes i mean that's that's about what it comes down to over overcrowded lineups cause cause bad vibes and yeah. that's not what the what the great lake surfing scene is about it's not about bad vibes and so not posting the surf spots on social media is a way of alleviating bad vibes like gotcha people know if you go to shoot Sheboygan, you're going to be surfing in a crowd. If people know if you're going to St. Joe, you're going to be surfing in a crowd. Um, and there's a couple, of, I'm sure you've got your spots too, like that are, that, that are packed. You've got all kinds of people in the water. I don't know if you've got the kind of mayhem that we have in, in our lineups, but there's, there's sometimes mayhem because it's not just surfers. We got surfers, boogie boarders, kayakers, uh, stand-up paddleboarders, uh, did I already say kiteboarders? Uh, people on jet skis, surf kayaks, 
we're talking like yeah i suppose when there's like all those shops in the town that start selling the, the cheap versions of surfboards and boogie boards and then people can just try it and not mm. have not know the etiquette or not know anything about safety and then we don't have lifeguards either yes and then they're and so there's no regulation of separating like surfboards from people or like good server for bet they don't know like so then yeah, it's probably but dangerous. sometimes you're gonna get somebody who innocently wants to authentically surf but doesn't know any better. Um, and you know it's a chance for some education and I'm sure you see that like I'm sure you've also I, mean, I, was, I was that and I yeah. was that too. I, I mean yeah I like uh, that's a tough thing you want people to like have a nice time when they're trying to yeah. learn too yeah. But when I was learning, I wanted to be left alone. Mm. Like, I did not want to be a part of the crowd. I knew better. I went down the beach and figured it out for myself because I didn't want to be a liability. Yeah. I didn't want to be made fun of. I didn't want to be told, you know, hey, you know, get out of the water, you know, this and that. I went and learned, you know, by myself. And that was kind of, it used to be that way, like. You know, but now you've got what do you call them? Surf schools. You got surf schools now. You know, you've got you can pay you can pay to play and get a personal surf coach who will take you and teach you how to surf and take you to the spots and paddle you around. If you've got enough money, you can do that. You can buy that. You can learn to tow surf big giant waves if you've got enough money. I mean, there's people on the on the on the big wave surfing tour who've only been surf they've been surfing like less than a decade and they're already charging Piahi and you know dungeons and places like that because they had enough money to to get them out into those waves and pay the people to teach them to do that. Where when I started surfing, and I guess when you started surfing, which is a long time ago, you had to work your way up into like certain lineups, you had to work your way up into breaks. You had, and it wasn't just because people were being assholes, but usually a lot of the, the best breaks were the most heavy. Like it, you could genuinely drown, you know? Yeah. And in California, it's got lifeguards to pull you out of the water if something goes bad. Not here. It's self-rescue. Yeah. You know, one of our one of our spots south of here, I mean, you can see probably include not just the surfers, like air, all those watercraft in the summertime because our water, I don't know what your water temps are like, but God, this summer it was, I think we hit a high of like 82 degrees, you know, I mean, the water, water gets really warm here in summertime. And then when there's waves, there was probably 80, 80 different types of watercraft. Wow. And that is a liability yeah. as far as people dr like drowning. Like, For sure. You know, because there's bathers in that mix as well. And there's nothing regulating. There's nobody regulating any of it. We don't have yeah. black. We don't have black ball. We don't have surf zones and, sw and swim zones. It's, yeah. it's. We did on New Buffalo Beach. But now it's oh, okay. Oh, okay. But, uh. <laughs> but we did but because but we're all gentle i mean some yeah. somebody wants to learn how to surf 
and and is stoked and they got you know their wits about them and they don't have a huge ego it, no matter where they go i guarantee they're going to be welcomed here, oh, okay. here on it's the like great lakes weird thing but it's like a weird thing where like you don't want too many beginners but then you also want beginners in a delicate balance and yeah I'm, it does seem like it could be get clicky but it's not really once if you just are just brave and like nice and polite and like i think usually ends up being a good time and you can learn when i first learned i like read a book about surf etiquette then i took some lessons from the welsh surf betting federation and they were like kindergarten teachers on holi- on summer holiday and they're like the nicest people in the world and <laughs> that's how i got it was like so nice and super kind and peaceful <laughs> yeah yeah right on well i'm gonna i'm 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 not supposed to share this story but i am going to share this story on the wisconsin side like three weeks ago um Somebody, this is a completely separate incident from the, the guy that got ran over and, you know, his vertebrae got crushed. This guy paddled out at a spot. I don't know if he was at that level. And he completely, he broke his hip, had to get rescued out of the water. Um, and it was just, it was a bad it was a bad scene for, for everybody. And we don't know if he was a beginner or, or what, not a lot. I'm not allowed to say his name, but he, he got hurt. He got seriously hurt palling out at the, at, at the wrong spot. Like he mm-hmm. made, he probably should have been down the beach where it was Sandy. He paddled out where it was heavy and limestone bottom and whatever happened happened he got hurt seriously hurt so that's also part of it too we don't want to we don't want to share all these spots and send people out half cocked where they got to get it this guy the ambulance had to come get him i mean that was you know there's that it's it's a real it's real concern you know i agree and the public image of of surfing, you know, um, uh, we we are all trying to lift surfing up here around the Great Lakes instead of portraying surfers as like, uh, I don't know, well, Spicoli, you know, Spicoli from, you know, (laughs) Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know, surfer wasted, you know, wasted burnout, does not care about anybody or anything because there are places here on the great lakes where if you park in their neighborhood they're going to call the sheriffs on you mm-hmm. like you yeah. like you're not you're, you're not welcome to like park you're not welcome to park there and if a whole bunch of surfers show up there i guarantee that they're going to pass a bylaw in that association saying you're going to see signs up that next year saying surfers not welcome here and yeah. I've seen that in Florida. I've seen that in California. I've seen that in Washington State. And we're we're trying to, you know, we're trying to manage. We're we're trying to be good stewards. No, you got How's high that? stakes. You know, yeah, I one hundred percent hear you. Um, the one spot that was sort well, of special to us back home 
it was, uh, you know, the water is public property, but sometimes to get to these spots, you got to go through private property. And so we've had instances of people kind of screwing that up for us. So it definitely, yeah. I definitely hear you. Because yeah. uh, this is all back to that original question about sharing the stoke. Yeah, we'll sh we share the stoke. There is room for everyone. Not at the same spot. Not if you're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just if you're not nice. Yeah. Because if you're not nice, then that's what you're, you're going to get. You'll have a mirror held up in front of you. You will get not nice. You will get not nice back if yeah. it's a continual like sort of thing. So before we go, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to just kind of, if you have a message you want to say to the listeners or any final thoughts on anything we talked about, I'm giving you guys the floor. If you wipe more than seven times, you're not done pooping. <laughs> okay. Not what I was expecting, but valuable advice nonetheless. Uh, surfing is a respectable thing to do. I wish that like everyone thought that. And I don't know. Have fun. Okay, what do you mean by, hold on, explain. Surfing is a respectable thing to do. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't know. I think you could go, I could go way into it, but like people are just like, why would you go surfing? You're oh, okay. I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, the, the act of surfing is something to be respected, not frowned upon or laughed at. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But you know what? That's part of the secret. That's part of that not overcrowding <laughs> that it's like, if they want to think that, then whatever, more waves for us, right? It, like, it is yeah. such a, an athletic thing to do. And like coming from like, like hockey, you need to use all of your long muscles. Like power lifters are not hockey players because it's short muscle. Like that's what they do. And surfing is like, and golf is another thing, long muscles. And that's exactly what I feel with this. Like granted, paddling you got to use those short bursts but like literally everything else is like long flowy like muscles that you don't use on a regular basis and like i feel that going like going from spring or sorry um fall to winter and putting on a five mil suit like i got out of shape surfing in your favorite bathing suit like it just wasn't like that the the what you need to do it's like it's such a, a sport like it should yeah. literally be respect. And like, I get it. There's a, there's like stuff that goes along with it, but like, it is so hard to do. And it like people that laugh or think down on it. It's just like literally have no clue, like absolutely no clue. So I talked to uh, Dom Domic and Noah Cohen a few days ago. Noah Cohen's a big pro surfer here in Canada. Dom Domic's the executive director of surf Canada. And you know, they were talking about how traditionally surfers were sort of like the outsider type or, you know, they come from like, let's say, skateboarding or some of these fringe things. But Noah and, and a lot of other competitive surfers, they come from a different sort of mindset, the more like team sport background and whatnot. So it's interesting listening to you, Cam, talk about it from that athletic perspective rather than the like oh it's you know my spiritual jam or whatever like it's it's, yeah. it's neat it's cool there's room for you know different flavors right yeah definitely yeah mr 
not stoke machine, but carburetor, piston, whatever you want to call yourself, or just, <laughs> or just <laughs> Tim Driscoll. Um, any any words to leave us on? Uh, the love nut. <laughs> Search for your freshwater fantasy. I like it. Um, Duke Kahanamoku said, this is the sport of kings. Mm, that's true. Um, and surfing has made my life unmanageable. <laughs> so it's in the most excellent of ways or it's, it's ruined relationships, mm. jobs. Um, I've been broke in what the mod, what the world, their, their standards would say that I'm unsuccessful, but I sleep well at night. My health is good. They're mis they're miserable at the stuff that they do. They want to hate on me because I'm stoked and I'm having a good time, you know, having the time of my life. And they there is there's a lot of people that that are bitter or jealous or envious. Oh, uh, you get you guys are surfers. You refuse to grow up. Well, it's it's a choice. There's total dedication and commitment to, as she's saying, surfing is respectable. And but you don't know that until you become a surfer yourself, like what that all that involves, what that entails. And um, uh, uh, surfing can be an addiction. And for some of us, it's turned them into pro surfers or. People like Kai Lenny pushing the limits. You know, these these guys are their their addiction to surfing has pushed boundaries of like what humans are capable of, you know, yeah. to, to, to amazing places. Um, uh, the early NASA project, their first astronauts, believe it or not, surfers were one of the big were they're major candidates. They wanted surfers to become astronauts because surfers were used to being tumbled. They were mm. in great shape. And the that breathing, was, maybe the the breath and whatnot. All of it, yeah. like had to do with like surfers would have made good astronauts. Mm. So besides the not wanting to punch time clocks, though, that was the <laughs> you know. The, yeah, true. Yeah. So they found other people, you know, but, but that was all part of the early NASA program. There were, there were surfers involved in that because of their, their fitness and um, believe it or not, their, the action of getting tumbled by a wave, we develop a certain sense of balance with our inner, our, our inner ears that we don't get motion sickness the way that, normal people do. I mean, sailors have some of that as well too, but surfers, if you've surfed a lot, you kind of know which way is up. Like yeah, the time. So Yeah. Well, when I'm on a when I'm on a rocky ferry ride or something, like to me that's fun. But yeah, other people get seasick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're 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 barfing over the railing and you've got a grin on your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, surf, surfing is that way, I, I think, for, for, for a lot of us. You yeah. know, it, it puts a grin on our face. 
So it can put a grin on your face, but like you're saying, it can also have a, it has a shadow side like everything in life. So, you know, moderation. Um, but I got to say, you know, listen to you guys and the people giving you a hassle at the beach or blowing spots or telling you that surfing isn't respectable, man, you guys got to come up to Canada. Like I haven't experienced <laughs> any of that crap, like maybe a little little but I, I almost i almost welcome it a little bit but once like if i can start getting a little bit more on the level of these two with like turning the other cheek and not wanting like sometimes i need a little break from facebook but i don't need to get like blocked from facebook by facebook to do it i should just you know did you say you're ca are you canadian faith yeah i was born in canada so i'm a citizen of both canada so tell so tell me about that where are you from Sarnia. Oh, okay. And when, how old were you when you moved to the U.S.? Well, we lived on the border in Michigan, so we, I was just born in the hospital and then came back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Just but like I was born in the same hospital as Shania Twain, I feel like I have this connection to her, so okay. <laughs> yeah, but I do get a passport and... Yep, I got a passport, Canadian passport. Perfect. So. so these guys will be able to come over with you a little bit easier. A little, you know, those beards at the border might get uh, held up. So, yeah. you know, they, I'll bring they some might need you. And their horses or whatever you guys, your police ride up there. Was it? I know you guys yeah. ride something, right? Those little donuts. Yeah, Timbits. Yeah, Timbits or donuts. Yeah, I mean, I mean as soon as you cross the Ambassador Bridge or wherever it is you go, you realize you have to dismount your car and get on a moose, right? You do know that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I hope yeah. so. Does, like, the, does the horse have a poutine or do you got to get that separately? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask if the poutine comes with the horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's extra. You gotta hey, up you gotta I, upgrade. I know some secrets. I'm a hockey guy. I know some of these little things. Letter Kenny. You guys tried to hide that from us for a couple too too few many years. Well, you know? I think we uh Trailer Park Boys was our gem for the longest time, and then it came out on Netflix. And that's you know why changed, I say yeah. no I'm saying that's the only reason I say no, I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And why I'm no. so good at it, you know what I'm saying? Right on. <laughs> I love, I love the Canadian stereotypes though. We just, I don't know, we yeah. eat them up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because so, we're all one, I think. No, hey, <laughs> trust me. Trust me. We have our own views of you guys that I could be saying, but you're my yes, pals. <laughs> and so we're, we're keeping it all cool. We're moving past. We got to move past differences. It's easy to spot differences. It's harder yeah. to find out what we have in common. And at the end of the day, we're all human beings on this earth, obviously with the purpose. Don't matter what country you're from, we got to support each other, and especially this Great Lakes Surf Tribe. What do they do on, uh, what is that uh, Black Panther movie, you know, like the Wakanda thing? We should have like our own version of that for Great Lakes Surfing. <laughs> Oh yeah, what am I talking about? The shotgun. <laughs> How's it bra? Wow, must be late. Okay, well, I gotta say, it's the first time I've ever had three people on at once. 
So this was a lovely uh, four-way chat. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more stoked than I was when I came on this call. I'm grateful to have met the three of you. I feel like I got three new friends and uh, I love watching you guys on, on social media. If you ever think like who's watching this, I am just like, I hope you're listening to this podcast. So it's been great chatting and I say mahalo to you guys and stay stoked. Aloha. Thanks dude. Nice to meet you. Have a good night. That's all for episode number 46 of Permastoked. I hope you enjoyed listening or watching that one. Again, thank you for sticking it through uh, despite the technical difficulties I had during that episode. Again, I want to say a big mahalo to Timothy Driscoll, Cam Hill, and Faith Hoekstra for joining me on the show and sharing their personal experiences and knowledge of surfing on the Great Lakes. You can find Tim Driscoll on Instagram at Stoke Machine and on the Stoke Machine Facebook group. You can find Cam Hill on Instagram at the underscore Cam underscore Hill and on YouTube at Chill Adventures. And finally, you can connect with Faith Hoekstra on Instagram at Faith Hoax and learn more about the Great Lakes Surf Rescue Project at www.glsp.org. to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2019 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasagas. For more information visit www.wasagas.com but of course mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode and we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are on their way, but in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. Don't miss an episode ever again by subscribing on the Alexa app, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please let us know how we're doing by leaving us a rating and review. And don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit www.freshwatersurfgoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoked, events, our surf, sup, and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. And don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're part of the surf or sup industry, or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sub Club. If you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach surf, sup, or yoga, you'd like to carry our products in your store, if you or your company are interested in being a sponsor of the show, discussing an ambassadorship or a bro deal, and for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. 
That's Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com, D-E-R-I-K. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.